Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. It is officially PGA Championship Week, and I could not be more excited. Golf's second major has finally arrived, and it is headed to Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York, for the 2023 PGA Championship. So we've got a lot of content coming your way this week here on Mike's Money Picks. On today's episode, it is the course preview. We are going to break down Oak Hill Country Club itself, what types of golfers should fare well here, what the key stats to focus on are, and list some comp courses that can provide some insight into who is going to take home the Watermaker Trophy on Sunday night. On tomorrow's episode... It's going to be a little bit more um, niche focused. It's going to be a little more DFS betting and one and done oriented. And we're basically going to discuss what are the best ways to construct lineups and make bets this week with what we know about the course from today's episodes. If you listen to this one, you might want to listen to tomorrow's as well. So that way you know just how to deploy these golfers that we're going to talk about today and how they're going to succeed at this course this week. Now, also make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you're notified when new episodes drop like tomorrow's episode. And you can also check out all of our back catalog. We've got a lot of season-long fantasy football content that has already dropped, and we're going to have more season-long fantasy football content coming your way, so if you're subscribed, you'll be notified when those episodes drop. Now, I, for one, was not too enthusiastic when the PGA announced it was coming back to Oak Hill for the 2023 PGA Championship. I'll be honest, the last PGA Championship here was one of the most unremarkable major championships of the last decade, and I've watched all of them, and I just don't really remember much about this one other than Duffner winning and the course just being just kind of boring. Like it was like a lot of cookie cutter holes. There weren't really a whole lot of views. There were trees everywhere. And it just didn't really make for a great viewing experience. But seeing and reading everything this week that I have about Oak Hill Country Club, it's undergone some major changes, which we will discuss here on this podcast. And it should provide a great setting here this week. Now, hopefully this week, the TV coverage won't cut out with four holes to play. Now, I realize that's kind of an inside joke with some people, but it, if you watch golf this weekend, it, here's basically my rundown of how I watched the golf this weekend. So I'm not going to lie, y'all. I kind of watched more live this weekend than I did the Byron Nelson. Like I, I kind of felt a little bit bad about it, but to me, the Byron Nelson, like, I'm sorry, but it's hard to get super excited over watching Marty Doe and C.T. Pan and Richie Wierenski and Austin Eckroat. Like it just, it didn't really have that sizzle on Saturday or at the start of Sunday. And honestly, the live broadcast is pretty good. There's a lot that they do well, and it's pretty enjoyable to watch. Like they make it interesting, and there's a lot of good golfers in that field, and they kind of focus their coverage on those guys. So on Sunday, I was watching live pretty much uninterrupted, and they had the rain delay. And I flipped right to the Byron Nelson, and that, and that was like right when Jason Day and Scotty Scheffler both made putts to tie for the lead. And so I was kind of hooked right back in right after that because, you know, you had Jason Day and Scotty Scheffler going down the stretch. You know, so I watched that to its conclusion. And then after Jason Day won, I thought I was going to watch the conclusion of the live event. But my local CW station actually switched over the broadcast with four holes to play. So, you know, live sports that CW paid a lot of money for went out the window to show a rerun of a Family Feud episode from 2015. So um, that kind of goes back to what I said about the Live TV deal in my Live episodes. I don't think the CW is a great home for them, and I, I hope that they are able to find a better TV deal. I think that would be good for that tour. Um, but either way, this week, the Live guys, they're going to be back on TV this Thursday through Sunday because this week we do have Live guys and PGA Tour guys back together. This is going to be the greatest field in golf here this week, and it should make for a great PGA. PGA Championship. Now, the backdrop of that PGA Championship is going to be Oak Hill Country Club. So let's go ahead and let's get started with breaking down Oak Hill. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. 
All right, so this PGA Championship is going to be at Oak Hill Country Club, the East Course. Not to be confused with the West Course, even though I don't know what goes on over at the West Course because I don't think there's ever professional golf there. But anyway, the last professional event hosted by Oak Hill's East Course was the 2013 PGA Championship, which I mentioned in the intro. But it has undergone major renovations starting in the year 2019. Basically... Oak Hill Country Club was just your like run-of-the-mill classical design by Donald Ross that was, you know, fairly plain, but it also was super prestigious. And it had a lot of trees that were planted for whatever reason. But what happened was the trees ended up just overgrowing, like way bigger than they were expected to be. And so what you had was a super narrow course that was super claustrophobic because these trees that were planted outside the fairways were overhanging with their canopies inside the fairways. So you could hit a shot that found the fairway and still be blocked out from the green because of how these trees were overhanging. So in 2019, a lot of these trees were taken out. The green were expanded back to their original dimensions. Um, there was a lot of short game areas added, which we're going to mention here in just a little bit. And then some other whole routing changes uh, were made in the 2019 renovation. So um, it basically ended up with a lot more of Donald Ross's original design that he started with in the early 1900s now being in play here this week for the um, 2023 PGA Championship. Now with these green expansions, they now creep up right to the edges of bunkers, uh, and they also have some mowed down short game runoff areas. So basically, if you miss the green, um, it, it, you know they're a little bit crowned, so if you miss it, it's going to run right in that bunker. It's going to run right in that short game area, and you're going to have basically an uphill opportunity to get up and down, which is not great. So basically, hitting greens and keeping it on is going to be at a premium here this week uh, at Oak Hill. Now, looking at the scorecard, it's going to play as a par 70 at about 7,400 yards. Par 5s are really only going to be reachable for the longest of hitters. Um, both of them are over 600. One of them has a forced carry over a creek where a lot of guys are probably going to opt to not even attempt to carry the creek, and so it's going to have to be a three-shot hole. But some of the longer hitters will be able to get over that creek and might have a go at it in two. Now, the par 3s range from 155 to 245 yards. Um, the 245 one can be an absolute beast. Um, and like I said, these greens are hard to hit and hold your ball on, so the par 3s are probably going to play pretty darn tough this week. Now, it does feature one drivable par 4, the 14th, but it's super precarious. It's guarded in the front by bunkers, and then it's the green is like really elevated. So if you run it off the back of the green, like you're just going to run it down in this little pit of death by some trees, and it's not really a great place to be if you miss the green. So again, much like the long par 5, a lot of guys probably won't even have a go at it. It'll probably turn into a layup hole that could still be a birdie opportunity because some of these guys are going to have a wedge into the greens. Now, a great majority of the par 4s are between 420 and 490 yards, so expect to see most approaches from either the 150 to 175 yard bucket or the 175 to 200 yard bucket into those par fours. Now the greens themselves, we mentioned them a little bit earlier, but they are below average size. They are bigger than Pebble Beach, but they're definitely below average for the PGA Tour. Uh, and they are pure bent grass greens. So if you're looking at putting stats, look at putting that is in bent grass. Basically, a lot of the courses that are in the Midwest or the Northeast uh, United States are going to be bent grass uh, much like this one here in, in Rochester, New York. Now, the greens are going to play pretty fast, but as a whole, I think that the course isn't going to play super firm and fast. Um, it's been a fairly like cold and wet winter in the Northeast. So basically, what you're looking at is this course hasn't really had a lot of time to kind of firm up uh, and so fairways are going to be pretty soft. So let's talk about those fairways. They are slightly below average width. The rough is going to be super grown up though. Like if you've seen any pictures or videos on Twitter, that rough is like 
almost near U.S. Open level rough. Uh, and so it's definitely going to be a penalty if you do end up missing the fairway. The fairway bunkers themselves are also really tough. Um, some of them have like really high lips and they're going to be super tough to get out of and to really to try to shoot at the green from a fairway bunker. So these fairway bunkers, if you hit in them, it's likely going to be basically like a one-shot penalty for most golfers. Uh, and you really want to avoid those fairway bunkers if at all possible. Now, Let's talk about architecture. So the original architect of this course is Donald Ross. So let's talk about some other courses on the PGA Tour that are Donald Ross designed. First one was a one-off, which was Aronimic, which hosted the 2018 BMW Championship, uh, which was a FedEx Cup playoff event, and I believe it is near Philadelphia, but don't quote me on that. So you're going to see pretty similar agronomy here at Oak Hill to what you see at Aronimic, um, but like I said, it only hosted one event. Now that one event did have this leaderboard. Keegan Bradley was your winner, followed by Justin Rose, Xander Shoffley, Billy Horschel, Roy McIlroy, Webb Simpson, Tiger Woods, Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, Francesco Molinari, and Tony Finau was your top 10 there. Another Donald Ross design is Detroit Golf Club, home of the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which has been around for four years. Now, I don't think that is a great course comp at all. Uh, Detroit Golf Club was actually the first, very first episode that we did here on the podcast was talking about Detroit Golf Club. And it's super easy. Like, it's really flat. It's like a driving range. Even if you miss the fairway, there's not a whole lot of penalty. The rough's not grown up. There's not a whole lot of trees. There's not a whole lot of hazards. It's just a very easy golf course. Um, so I don't think that it's going to be the great comp this week, but it is still Donald Ross design. So a lot of the features that Ross uses are in play at Detroit Golf Club. Winners for that event were Tony Finau, Cam Davis, Bryson DeChambeau, and Nate Lashley. Guys who have also played well but not won at that course include Patrick Cantlay, Cam Young, Taylor Pendrith, Joaquin Neiman, and Adam Scott. Now, Eastlake Golf Club might be the most direct comparison out of all the Donna Ross designs that are regularly played on tour. Eastlake is a par 70 when it is played on the PGA Tour, and it hosts the Tour Championship every year. So we've got a decent sample size of the, um, the Tour Championship to kind of get a grasp of what guys can play well at that course. And it does play a little more firm and fast than what I expect Oak Hill to do, but it's still pretty narrow. It's still pretty long. It's still Donald Ross designed. Now, winners at Eastlake include Roy McIlroy, who has won there three times, Patrick Cantlay, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Billy Horschel, and guys who have played well but not won at Eastlake include John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and Justin Rose. Now, the last Donald Ross design that is still regularly played on the PGA Tour is Sedgefield Country Club, home of the Wyndham Championship, um, Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, and I don't think it's the best Donald Ross, like, comparison for Oak Hill, um, but there are some similarities. It is a par 70. It is absolutely an accuracy test. Uh, it's pretty narrow, uh, and hitting greens and regulation is going to be at a premium at Sedgefield. Winners at that event include Tom Kim, Kevin Kisner, JT Poston, Siwoo Kim, Patrick Reed, and Webb Simpson. Guys who have also played well but not won at the Wyndham include Jordan Spieth, Sanjay M, Billy Horschel, and Ricky Fowler. So, um, if there's some names that popped up there that play well at multiple Donna Ross courses, it would definitely be Billy Horschel. Uh, it would definitely be Tony Finau. Justin Rose uh, would be probably be next on that list as well as guys who have played well at Donald Ross Designs. So that is enough about the architecture of Oak Hill. So we're going to take a quick breather, and then we're going to talk about the comp courses for Oak Hill and the skill set that is going to be required to win at Oak Hill. Thank you. 
Now, real quick, before we talk about the course comps, I do want to add, if you want a little more of a picturesque, detailed, hole-by-hole -hole description of what you're going to see at Oak Hill this week, both the Fried Egg and Golf Digest have videos out on YouTube that are great for this. I actually watched both of those prior to recording this. It's where I got a lot of my yardages from, and a lot of the descriptions of the changes to the course were taken from what was mentioned in those two videos as well. I know that I did just a splendid job of painting the picture for you, but if you want to see the actual picture, go check it out on YouTube, Golf Digest digest or the fried egg. All right, so before we talk about comp courses, let's talk about how Oak Hill played in the past. So I actually don't think it's the best comparison to Oak Hill this year. As we talked about with all the trees being in and just the claustrophobia of that course, what you ended up with at the top of the leaderboard was a bunch of accuracy guys who often hit less than driver off the tee in order to find the middle of the fairway and were able to turn those fairways into greens and regulation and turn those greens and regulation into birdies. So the top of that leaderboard, Jason Duffner was your winner, followed by Jim Furyk, Henrik Stenson, Jonas Blixt, and Scott Piercy. Uh, in the field this week, notables, Adam Scott finished T5. Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, and Rory McIlroy were T8. Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, and Hideki Matsuyama were T19. Now, obviously, it's 10 years ago, so everybody's at a different point in their career now than they were then. Jordan Spieth was an 18-year-old that missed the cut. Um, but I do think that Adam Scott, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, those guys were approaching or in their prime at that point. And so definitely not a super invalid conclusion to assume that they have a little familiarity with this course. Now, the most important statistic for success that week at Oak Hill was green and regulation percentage, which I do think is going to carry over into this year. Now, one thing that I think is also going to be true is that this course is going to play pretty difficult. I don't think we're going to see um, a double-digit under-par winner. I think the winning score is going to be like in the minus 7 to minus 9 number. I think that's kind of like the sweet spot where the PGA of America wants it to be at for the PGA Championship right now. So if you're looking for course comps, you can look at difficult golf courses to start, but I don't think that all difficult golf courses are difficult in the same way. Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, and Copperhead are all difficult golf courses, but I don't think they comp well for Oak Hill at all. Missing the green is not exactly a punishment at those courses because you'll just end up with your ball in the rough where it's very easily to get under the ball and get a good chip up into the green and get up and down for par. At Oak Hill, that's not the case because you've got these short game runoff areas where it's going to be a tight lie where you're going to have to really be uh, have some finesse on your shot to get an uphill ball and then get it down uh, with your par putt. And it's just, it's really not going to be easy to get up and down this week. So I think in terms of difficult golf courses on the PGA Tour calendar, I think that Riviera is a pretty good comp. However, with it being in Southern California, literally the opposite corner of the United States, the grass is totally different. Guys that have had success at Riviera, well, specifically winners, John Rahm, Joaquin Neiman, Max Homa, Adam Scott, Dustin Johnson, others who have played well at Riviera, Colin Morikawa, Cam Young, Tony Finau, Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Keith Mitchell. Another comp that is a difficult golf course is Mirfield Village, which is in Dublin, Ohio, home of the Memorial Championship, which we're going to see in a few weeks here uh, this calendar year. Um, I think it's another good comp because it is difficult. It's bent grass greens. It is tree-lined, and the rough is super penal. However, I think Memorial does play a little more firm and fast with it occurring in the heat of summer uh, than what we're going to see at Oak Hill this week. I think that's really the only nit I can pick in terms of the comparisons. Now, guys that have had success at... Um, 
Muirfield Village, Billy Horschel, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Hideki Matsuyama, and Justin Rose have all won there. Guys that have played well but not won are Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, Adam Scott, and Ricky Fowler. Now, geographically, this course is in the northeastern United States, which doesn't really have a whole lot of PGA Tour tournaments that are played there, um, especially depending on what your definition of northeast is. Like the BMW Championship occasionally plays up in the northeast, but like last year it was in Delaware. The year before, I believe it was in Chicago. Um, so you kind of get just a little bit of a different variation there for that. But the one tournament that is played in the northeastern United States every year is the Travelers Championship, which is played in Cromwell, Connecticut at TPC River Highland. So if you're thinking geographically, that might be the closest comparison you can get. Winners at that event, Xander Shoffley, Harris English, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, and guys that have also played well include Patrick Cantlay, JT Poston, Sahid Thagawa, Keegan Bradley, and Paul Casey. When you look at other one-off events that have been hosted in the Northeastern United States, I will say, just looking at leaderboards, Keegan Bradley and Dustin Johnson are the king of the Northeastern United States. Now, to me... If you're looking for real course comps, we got to talk about major championships because the majors are just set up in such a different way from other golf tournaments. Not only because of the level of field that you get and the level of pressure that you get, but majors are designed to be hard. And so you're going to get more similar performances at majors year in and year out than you're going to get in just regular you know, events on the PGA Tour calendar. So if you're talking total majors, right? In the last five years, just in the PGA Championship, the best players in terms of total strokes gained are Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Shane Lowry, Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth, and Adam Scott. All those guys had played very well in PGA Championships. Now, if you want to get more specific, we can look at just majors that are just in upstate New York. Well, excuse me, not upstate New York, because I guess Shinnecock is on Long Island, so I don't know necessarily if that qualifies as upstate New York. Anyway, we're going to talk about just majors that have been in New York, because there's been a few of them here in recent years. The comparison that a lot of people are making um, on the internet and on YouTube and on podcasts right now is Wingfoot, home of the 2020 U.S. Open. However, I don't think Wingfoot is the best comp. Wingfoot features narrower fairways, less bunkers, less trees, thicker rough. So basically at the end of the day, Wingfoot catered to bombers because everybody was hitting driver off the tee. Everybody was missing the fairway. And so being able to get a lot of club head speed on the ball out of the rough like ruled the day. And it's how Bryson DeChambeau at his beefiest of forms um, was able to win that tournament by six shots. Now the rest of the leaderboard after Bryson, you had Matthew Wolf, Louis Oosthuizen, Harris English, Xander Shoffley, Will Zalatoris, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, Rory McIlroy, Zach Johnson was the real outlier there, and then Tony Finau rounding out the top 12 at winged foot. Now, another comparison you can make is the 2018 U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. I think that one featured a little more agricultural, not agricultural, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, architectural. There we go. A little more architectural similarities than um, Wingfoot does. And your leaderboard there, you had Brooks Kepka winning it, Tommy Fleetwood, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, and Tyrrell Hatton were all in the top six at that tournament. Now, the one I do think is the best comparison, though, 
is the 2019 PGA Championship at Bethpage Black, which Bethpage is another par 70 like we're going to see at Oak Hill this week. It played fairly soft considering um, all things considered with it being a major championship. The timing of the year and the geographical location of it played into that, which I think you're going to see this week. And the winning score there was minus eight, which is, again, what I think you're going to see pretty similar to this week. The winner was Brooks Kepka followed by Dustin Johnson, Matt Wallace, Jordan Spieth, and Patrick Cantlay in the top five. Uh, and then Luke List, Shane Lowry, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Roy McIlroy all in the top 10. Now, if you were listening intently there for like, you know, writing down how many names popped up um, all the, on all those comp courses, here are all the guys whose names I said more than once. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau, Adam Scott, Xander Shoffley, Harris English, that's kind of the shocking one there, Patrick Cantlay, and Justin Thomas. Now, kind of gathering in all that information, thinking about everything we know about the scorecard, everything we know about the similarities of courses that we've seen, here's what I think is going to rule the day here at Oak Hill this week. You're going to have to be an elite driver of the golf ball if you want to win at Oak Hill. I'm not talking about just bomb it out there. I'm talking about you got to hit it long and you got to hit it straight. Avoiding the fairway bunkers is going to be key because they're basically a one-shot penalty. And I think the rough is going to be fairly penal as well. So I think you want all the distance that you can get so that way you can have you know, these shorter approach shots into the green that are going to hold these greens and... I think you want to avoid the bunkers. See, so you got to really be long and accurate off the tee this week. And then I think you also really need to be good on approach. I think much like in 2013, I think that the green and regulation percentage is going to really matter this week. They're very small greens. You're going to have to be a good approach player to be able to hit these greens and hold them on there. And then hopefully if you hit enough greens, you're going to make enough birdie putts that are going to give you a chance to win. I also think that this is not a place for guys who can't chip or putt. I'm not ignoring the short game categories this week by any stretch of the imagination. You're going to have to have some skill with the short game in order to be able to get up and down from these greenside bunkers or to be able to get up and down from these short game areas. So if a guy's bad at the short game, he's kind of going to cross himself off my list here this week. And then lastly, putting. I think that putting can be like the most fickle of stats in terms of like predicting week in and week out what's going to happen. But the bottom line is this week, you're going to have to be able to roll some putts in to win. So am I going to look at guys who are necessarily the best putters on the PGA Tour consistently week in and week out? No, absolutely not. But I think that I do want to see the potential out of these guys to have a good putting week and to you know show that they can win or contend in a major championship with a good putter. Like I, like I don't just want to see straight red with the putter this week when I'm looking at it. Now, taking all that into account, that skill set, long and straight off the tee, great on approach, high amount of greens regulations, and the short game to be able to get it up and down. It's early, but my early two favorites and guys that I'm going to be targeting heavily this week are Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau. Brooks Kepka, winner of two major championships in the state of New York. And Brooks Kepka, just kind of the modern day king of major championship golf, where he's going to hit fairways. He's going to play very conservatively in his course management, and he's going to hit the center of the green. And if he hits the birdie putt that he's going to give himself, then look out, he's probably going to win the golf tournament. And 
I think that you kind of saw him unravel a little bit on Sunday at Augusta. I don't think that'll happen again. It, it had been a while since he had contended at a major championship. Now he's got that feeling. I, I think Brooks is going to be back. And then the other guy, like I said, is Tony Finau. He popped up at a lot of the comp courses. He has won a golf tournament in New Jersey at Liberty City, um, home of the Northern Trust in 2021 when he won there. Um, and then he popped up at pretty much all the comp courses. And when you look at the skill set, it makes sense to everything I just mentioned. He is long and accurate off the tee. He is one of the best approach players on the PGA Tour. And he has the short game chops and the creativity around the greens that he can find his way and get up and down when a lot of guys aren't going to be able to. So early, those are going to be my two leans are Kepka and Finau. Knowing that those skill sets are going to be required, I also have a few guys that are going to be full fades for me. And, and right now, you know, it's always hard to just say that I'm going to be full fading a guy. It is still early. I might change my mind on this. But early fades for me are Colin Morikawa, Cam Smith, Tom Kim, Corey Connors, Taylor Gooch, and Taylor Montgomery. Those are guys that really at this point in the week, I just have no interest in playing in DFS, in betting, playing one and done, whatever. I just don't really have any interest in any of those guys right now. All right, so there you have it. That is our course preview for the 2023 PGA Championship and Oak Hill Country Club. Basically, moral of the story, this is going to be a tough test. It's going to be a more visually appealing tournament than it was 10 years ago, and the field itself is going to be spectacular. This is the best field in golf. We've got the loop guys and the PGA Tour guys playing together back again. It should make for a great golf tournament, and I think that on Sunday, the guy who's going to be hoisting that trophy is going to be the guy who is able to hit long and straight and is able to give themselves opportunities for birdies by having a, an extremely high green and regulation percentage. That's what I think is going to happen this week. Now, if you want more information as to who I think that guy's going to be or to how to construct DFS lineups on who those guys are going to be, check out tomorrow's episode where we're going to do a full breakdown for DFS betting and one and done. If you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be notified when new episodes drop and you will be notified when that one drops Monday night. Now, also, a little bit of self-promotion here. If you enjoyed this podcast, you found it on Twitter, you found it on Spotify, whatever, please share it. Retweet the tweet, you know, um, get the word out to your friends, rate and review. It really helps me out a lot. I am trying to grow my audience base, and you know, you guys are outstanding, and I want to keep growing though. So please get the word out if you enjoy what you hear on Mike's Money Picks. And lastly, we do have some season long fantasy football content coming your way here on the podcast. We've already done our rookie rankings for 2023. We're going to be getting into more stuff as we get deeper into the summer. Um, so if you are somebody who plays season-long fantasy football, check out that content on the feed and subscribe so you'll be notified when the new episodes drop. Oh, I did forget to mention one thing. On my Twitter, which is at Mike's Money Picks, if you play DFS on DraftKings and FanDuel, I created a spreadsheet that breaks down the pricing differences and similarities between DraftKings and FanDuel. So you can kind of figure out, well, you know, which site is better to play this guy on or which site's better to play that guy on. Uh, I break it all down there on my Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. It is my pinned tweet. Give it a look if you play DFS on both sites. It'll help you find some value in which site is better to play certain golfers. All right, so that is it for the course preview. If you've lasted this long, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Please come back tomorrow for the DFS betting and one and done preview, and let's have ourselves a week here at the PGA Championship. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time.